Turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter number 17 is where we're going to begin tonight. We've been looking at, uh, been studying about prayer and what the Scripture teaches us concerning prayer. Uh, and we started Sunday afternoon, we were looking at the problem of prayerlessness uh, and, and our need to always be praying, to be a people that are always there before the throne of God. Now again, it doesn't mean that we're always on our knees. It doesn't mean that we're always in necessarily that posture physically, but it does mean that we are in that posture spiritually, mentally, that our, our hearts are, are, are communing with our Lord as we go through our day, that we spend that time talking with Him. And, and praising Him, glorifying His name, bringing Him our petitions, that we need, to be, we need to be a people that are a prayerful people. Prayer is essential to us. It is absolutely essential to our walk, our life, our service to the Lord. It is essential for us for our, our holiness. It is essential for us for our strength. It is essential for us to be be healthy in our walk with the Lord, that we're not separated from Him, that we're not overcome with the things of this world. And so prayer is so important. The reason Paul tells us, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, pray without ceasing. He says, pray without ceasing. And so we find this, there's a problem here of prayerlessness. And it's, and it's not a new problem. It's been a problem for a long time. Uh, even among God's people particularly. Uh, in fact, in 1898, uh, in a preacher's conference in New York City, uh, the chairman got up and asked, uh, he said, let us today make confession before God and each other. It will do us good, he says. Will everyone who spends half an hour every day with God in connection with His work hold up His hand? One hand was held up. He made a further request. All who thus spend 15 minutes hold up a hand. Not half of the hands were held up. Then he said, pray, prayer rather, the working power of the church of Christ and half of the workers make hardly any use of it. All who spend five minutes hold up hands. And all the rest of the hands went up. But one man came to him after the service and said, you know, I got to thinking about that. I don't even know if I spend five minutes. I don't even know if I spend... That was 1898. <laughs> How much more prayerless are we now? So what is the cause of prayerlessness? Unbelief. Unbelief. Matthew chapter 17, verse number 14. Notice with me here. Consider this passage. Matthew 17, verse 14. Down through verse number 21 here, we read this account of the Lord healing this one that has uh, a demon. And it says, verse 14, says, When they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed 
For oft times he falleth into the fire, and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer? Bring him hither to me. How long shall I suffer you, rather? And he says, bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. So the Lord cast that demon out of that boy. And says, then came the disciples to Jesus apart, and said, why could not we cast him out? We tried, and we couldn't do it. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. This kind goeth out goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Unbelief. And unbelief because of unprayer. Unbelief because of unprayer. Andrew Murray said, If the life is not one of self-denial, of fasting, that is, letting the world go, of prayer, that is, laying hold of heaven, Faith cannot be exercised. So, if he's saying if we are not denying self, if we're not letting this world go, if we're not praying, really praying in the throne room of God, then our faith is not being exercised. A life lived according to the flesh and not the spirit is the root of a prayerless life. Now, this is our whole problem. A life after the flesh. It's been said we wish to pray in the Spirit, and at the same time walk after the flesh. But that's impossible. They don't go together. Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 3, Paul tells us here in his letter here to the Galatian churches, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 3, he says, Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? That's, that's part of our problem, you see. We, we start out strong. We start out believing. You, you, remember, you remember when you come to Christ. When you remember when, when salvation was brought to you and how, how wondrous, how joyful that reality was to you. That, that, that you come to that knowledge, you come to that understanding that Christ Jesus died for me. He, he paid for my sin. He took my place. He's my Savior. 
and how wonderful that is and, and your desire and that devotion in us to follow after Him and to, to serve Him, the, the, the longing to be with Him, the, the love for Him, how wondrous that is in those first days and then as, as we grow and as we learn and as we seek the Lord and, and we're growing along and moving along in life and then suddenly life starts coming at us and we've got these, these valleys and hills of life that we're passing through and our, our devotion, we begin to, to focus more on the life, we begin to focus on the path in front of us, we begin to focus on the, the troubles that are around us and as we begin to focus on everything else, our devotion begins to wane and our, our desire to be in the presence of our Lord begins to wane and we begin to, to draw back a little bit, becoming so focused on life, so focused on the here and now that we can't keep our eyes focused on Him. And soon we find ourselves going through the motions of service, here every Sunday, here every Wednesday night, here worshiping the Lord, singing songs, praising His name, listening to the messages as they go out, reading our Bible, trying to study, trying to learn of Him, but then in all of our trying at devotion, we're trusting too much, holding too fast, on what this flesh can do. Instead of holding to our Lord. Instead of holding on to Him. Recognizing our daily need for Him. Paul says again there in, in Galatians 3 verse 3. He says, are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? Are you going, you're going, okay, He's redeemed you, He's saved you unto Himself, He's given you His grace, you, you have eternal life in Him, he, is, he has made you alive in His Spirit, and now you're going to serve Him with flesh. Now you're going to do service with this flesh. In Galatians 5, turn over there just a page or two, look at verse number 16. Galatians 5 and verse 16. He says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. That's pretty definitive there. What Paul says, ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If we're walking in His Spirit, we will overcome sin. If we're walking in His Spirit, Satan will have very little power over us. If we're walking in His Spirit, we won't pay much attention to this old flesh at all. But that's our problem. We spend way too much time in this flesh. We focus too much on this flesh, don't we? Amen. Verse 25, notice what he goes on to say. 
the same passage 5 and verse 25, if, ye, if we rather live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. You see, we, we must honor Him not only as the author of our new life that we have in Christ Jesus, but also as the leader and the director of our entire walk daily. Otherwise, we're going to behave as carnal Christians. The flesh is going to be seen in us, you see. It's going to, it's going to be so noticeable. Chapter 5 again, verse 24, just back up there to the verse. He says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Crucified the flesh with affections and lust. This, this is a daily, a daily dying to self that we have to do. We have to do that daily. That's how we have to begin our day. And, and, and even though you begin your day that way, in our prayers, we're, as we're, Lord, take me out of me today. Help me to, help me be focused on you, Lord. Help me, help me to walk as you would have me to walk. Lord, help, hold on to me. Lead me. Guide me this day that I might follow you. And you may start your day out like that, but you might find by 9.30, you need to do that again. But by 10.30, you oh yeah, I, I need lunchtime. Oh Lord, I'm bitch. That's the reason Paul says pray without ceasing. That, that's, that's the reason that, that's given to us there in 2 Thessalonians, or 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. It's reason he tells us that there because it's, it's something that he, he understood about us is that we're weak in the flesh. And so we have to constantly be, be holding on to our Lord. We have to constantly be looking to Him to guide us, to lead us, to strengthen us, to help us through our day. That we not get caught up in walking after this old flesh. Because this old flesh doesn't have the power to serve the Lord as He's called us to. We have to have Him. He's the one that empowers us to serve. He's the one who empowers us to live for Him. The flesh cannot be improved. It cannot be made better. It's still, even to the day that we die, it's still sinful flesh. Still sinful flesh. Romans chapter 8, Paul says there in verse number 7, Romans 8 and verse number 7. He says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's hated. It hates God. The carnal mind. It's an enemy to Him. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not, reason is because it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. It's not subject to the law of God and it can't be made 
Satan's a law of God. It's sinful flesh. It's dead in trespasses and sins. It's depraved is the problem. Chapter 6, verse 6, Paul says here, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So we, by faith, we by faith are to crucify this flesh. We are to die to self every day, continually through the day, that we be trusting in the Lord, we be holding fast to Him, and that requires us that requires us to be in the mind and heart of prayer. We cannot be prayerless. Because when we are prayerless, we're living in this flesh. When we are not actively praying to our Lord, we are living in this flesh. We have to be praying to Him. We have to be holding on to Him. We have to be seeking His face every single day, throughout the day. Begin that day with that. End your day with that. Pray, 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 pray. Don't be prayerless. Don't be prayerless. Because we don't need to be living. The world lives in the flesh. God's people don't need to be living in the flesh. We need to be living in the Spirit of God. Serving our Lord. Walking as He's called us to walk. So, we are to crucify the flesh. We are to die to self. Regard it and treat it daily as an accursed thing. That finds its right place nailed to a cross. Romans 7, verse number 18. Paul describes here in Romans 7 um, the problem of the flesh. And he gives great detail here concerning this problem and all the the struggles that it brings because of the, the power of the flesh over us. If it's given that place particularly. And he says in verse 18 of of chapter 7, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not, he says. Then notice verse 23, But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's who delivers us from the body of this death. Jesus is the one that has given Himself for us. He is the one who has died in our place. He is the one that has paid the penalty of our sin. It is His death on the cross for us that has purchased us unto Himself. He is the one that has delivered us from this body of death. And so He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, 
of sin. And so we cannot walk in the flesh. We cannot live in the flesh. We have to, we have to deny this flesh daily. We have to mortify, Paul says, mortify the flesh daily. We have to crucify this flesh. Chapter 8 and verse 2, he says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. You see, the spiritual life is too little understood or sought after. But it is literally what God has promised. And that which He will accomplish in us if we surrender ourselves to Him and follow faithfully after Him. And so the root and cause of a prayerless life is a life of the flesh. The flesh can say prayers and even make them pretty prayers. But the flesh has no desire or strength for the prayer that strives after that intimate knowledge of God that rejoices in the fellowship with Him because the flesh must be denied, it must be crucified. And so the flesh doesn't, it cannot, it's enmity, that's what Paul says, it's enmity against God. And so thereby it does not want anything to do with God. And we see that so clearly there, right in in Genesis chapter 3, right at the very beginning. What happens to Adam and Eve there in the garden? God gives them one law. Don't eat of that fruit and tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat that fruit. Adam and Eve eat the fruit. Now, before they ate the fruit, they had... Constant interaction with God. There was fellowship with Him. He came to walk with them in the cool of the garden. But they ate the fruit. They broke God's law. Sin entered in. And when sin entered in, what does Adam do? He hides from the face of God. The fellowship is broken. The fellowship is broken, and Adam could not even be in the presence of God. He's hiding from him at that point. And that's that's what happens when we are living in the flesh, when we we are holding on to the flesh, we're not striving to be in the presence of our Lord. We're not desiring that fellowship with Him. And all the while we're living in the flesh, and all the while following after the flesh, we're looking at everybody else and saying, Oh, I just wish they'd have a little bit more zeal for the service of the Lord. Oh, I wish they would, I wish those people would get on board. I wish they would want to serve the Lord, and we're, we're, doing, we're living the exact same way. Don't be prayerless, don't be living in this flesh. Live for Christ. Seek Him. Desire His presence. Enjoy His fellowship.
Do not seek circumstances as an excuse for your prayerlessness. Don't come up with, oh, you know, I just wish I had more time. Oh, I'm just so busy. I just can't pray like I need to. Don't look for excuses. It's the flesh. That's what it is. It's the flesh. This life of the flesh manifests itself in many different ways. In the hastiness of our spirits. In the anger that so unexpectedly arises in us. And it don't take long to drive on Highway 27 before you find that anger rising in you. In the lack of love for God, the lack of love for others, in the pleasure that's found in the lust of the flesh, in seeking for our own will and our own honor, confidence in our own wisdom and our own power. Simply having pleasure for this world. Pleasure for this world. The life of the flesh makes itself so manifest, so real in us. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse number 3, Are ye not carnal and walk as men? When we, as individuals, when we, as a church, truly desire the presence of our Lord, and we truly go into His throne room each and every day, and and therein pray and seek His face, and bring Him our our praise, and bring Him our worship, and truly truly desire His presence and fellowship. We are on our knees desiring His power from on high. How great, how great is His strength shown to us in those times. How wondrous is His presence felt by us in those times when we are truly, truly seeking His face, truly, truly going into His throne room and bringing Him our prayers and our petitions and our praise and our worship. How real is it when we're spending that time in His presence? We cannot afford We cannot afford as God's people today in this world that we are living in, in these last days that we are a part of, we cannot afford to be prayerless. We need God's power. We need His strength. 
We we need His direction for our life. We need His presence in us. And listen, Satan, as we we know, he he will seek to hinder us he will bring in those, those wandering thoughts and He will bring in those distractions before us. He'll give us every excuse that we want to keep us out of that throne room. Hold fast. Hold fast to the Lord. Put aside this flesh and pray. Without Prayer, without prayer, the rest of the armor that we are told to put on has no power. Paul says in Ephesians 6 and verse number 18, he says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Pray. Pray, he says. And he says, pray again, praying always, he says. Praying always. And praying for each other. Praying always and praying for each other. That we might be empowered by God. That we might be strengthened in our daily walk. That we not be that we not be prayerless. How important. How important is your daily communion with the Lord? How important is your prayer time with Him? May He help us to root out prayerlessness. May He help us to root out this flesh. May the burden of our prayerlessness be so heavy on us that we'll not rest till we pray. Rest assured, Satan has so long prevailed in our lives to keep us from that throne room that he will do his utmost to continue to tempt us to continue to cause us to yield to the power of this flesh. And this flesh has no power. It has no power. Hold fast to Christ Jesus. Pray, 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 pray without ceasing. Pray. Oh, we need it so bad. We need that prayer. We need to pray for ourselves, and we need to pray for each other. We need prayer. May God help us that we not be prayerless. Let's all stand. We'll be dismissed tonight.